The following message is titled, Till Death Do Us Part, The Marriage and Divorce Seminar, presented to you by Dr. Joseph A. Webb, President of CPR Ministries, Longwood, Florida. Particular deacon one time because he had been married and divorced. And so I thought, what's the question? That's why, and it never dawned on me the way things were back in 1974. And he brought this up. I don't remember what happened. I remember lots of things that's happened since then. I remember the night his wife died. I remember that I was with him the night his son died. And I remember the people in this city that said that's God's judgment on you for the message you're teaching. I'll tell you something, folks. Here's a man that's paid his dues. When he speaks, you know that it comes from inside, down deep. This is not something he just read yesterday. He thought it sounds cool. He's going to tell you about it. Uh, I don't know of anybody that's tried to wiggle out of this anymore because it's not fun. And if you've been it very long, you know that. You can't, it's like you said, you can't put your toe in it. You just dive in and take your licks. God's faithful. God will provide. God will meet needs. Who would have ever thought, who would have ever thought just a year ago that we would be doing this here? And I'm sure that, like myself, many of us, as we were having lunch, as we've been talking, we're so blessed that the people were meeting. Wow, you believe this too? I thought I was the only one. Well, and I'll tell you what, the best part about this is we're all different. We're from different countries, from different states, different denominations, different, uh, you name it, we're different. And that difference, I believe, is what makes this credible. This is not one little group over in the corner thinking up something weird and goofy. This is a group of people God has revealed this to all across the church. I don't want to take a lot of time, but I want to turn this page over to my pastor, Pastor Joe Webb. I just want to say in return that if ever a pastor had a Joshua under a Moses, it's Ed Ware and his wife Bonnie. That team, I mean, they have gone through hell and high water with me down through the years. If you've been in the ministry very long, you know there can be all kinds of problems. And there's one thing I never had to worry about is where would they be? People would come to them when I was on vacation and said, I want to tell you something now, but don't you tell Pastor Webb. They said, then don't tell me. That's my pastor. And I back up his ministry. And they were there with me for 23 years. And then God raised them up. They've, they've been teaching school for so many years. And uh, Ed went on, got his doctorate in theology. And now he and she have Aquila and Priscilla Ministries. And you want to hear, he's going to be speaking on covenants. You want to hear it. It's very, very good. Uh, tomorrow, uh, is it today and tomorrow? I guess it is. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, th these breakouts that we're having, we got four of them. Stephen Wilcox from Canada is going to be talking about uh, uh, the earliest church teachings and the earliest church quotations of the fathers, and all of you will get a handout on that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Christians, a lot of pastors don't even know these things, and he has one of the most uh, popular, he has the most popular marriage and divorce uh, homepage in the world. So he's got a lot of information he can give to you, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other two. Yes. And uh, Brother Burkett is going to be speaking, Burkett again is going to be speaking, and Dr. Arnold Cook is going to be speaking more on the historical drift. Those are the four breakouts, and whatever you're interested in, we want you to be able to get in on that and enjoy it. 
I, whenever I get up to speak after hearing a lot of these men, I think of the pastor, that southern pastor that got up to his congregation and said, you know, in this church we've heard first rank, second rank, and third rank speakers, but today you're going to hear the rankest of them all. <clears throat> Some people said, how can you lose your wife, lose your son, and be in a ministry that everybody hates and still be so happy? I said, I made a decision a long time ago I could laugh or cry, and I decided to laugh. Because it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. It's not defeat. It's not discouragement. You see, there's only one person that promised to give me eternal life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's only one person I committed myself to serve, and that's not a denomination. It's not an organization. It's the person of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, I didn't have the privilege that many of you had coming up in a Christian home. When I was a kid, I was raised in a neighborhood that if a cat had a tail, it was a tourist going through. They were meaner than junkyard dogs in my neighborhood. In order to get into the one club in my neighborhood, you had to go to the store and steal enough food to feed the whole crowd in, your, in the club. I had a reputation at the age of 15. The doctor said I'd be dead at the age of 22, the life I was living. And when my 15th birthday came, my sister, well, actually when I was 14, she invited Jesus Christ into her life and was radically changed. She had... She and I fought like cats and dogs. I mean, two of like we were tied together all the time, brother. And if we got within 10 yards of each other, we started fighting with each other. And I remember she split my head open with a pair of scissors one time. She threw a knife at me, and I ducked, and it hit the door and stuck in us. That's, that's the relationship we had. And God saved her. She came, went away to Bible school immediately, came back the next year, walked into the, the house, and I was on her. I was going to show her her religion wasn't very deep. And I just went, kept after her, kept after her, and finally she turned around. She said, get off my back. I said, ah, there you go, there it is. She turned her back to me, and then she turned around. She had tears flowing down her face. She said, Joe, please forgive me. That wasn't the Lord. That was me. And I asked God to take that out of my life. I don't want to be like that anymore. She said, I love you, and I want you to have the joy and peace that I have found. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I knew that she didn't go nuts over religion. She found something that was real. And she got me to go to church with her. And the second night I went with her, that night I invited Jesus Christ to my life. And I'm going to just take one more minute to tell you, that's when I understood what I did. But when I was five years of age, an unmarried woman who lived with her mother walked almost five blocks to my house and asked my dad if she could take me to Sunday school in a little free Methodist church. And he said it won't hurt him, I guess. So I went to Sunday school with her. And one Sunday she said, Joe, I want you to sing with these two girls here, sing a little trio. So we sang a trio for church, and he says, he went to my dad, and he said, could Joe get up next Sunday morning at 5 o'clock and go to the radio station here in town and sing with this trio? He said, I guess it won't hurt him. So my dad only went to church about two times when I was just a little boy, and that's the only time I ever sang that. So I went and sang, and she came back home. She said, they did so well. Could he sing at the revival meetings in our church tonight? Same old thing. Guess it won't hurt him. Well, that night, the evangelist gave an invitation, and the lady that had brought us said to the two girls, would you like to go forward and invite Jesus in your heart? No. I said, would you like to, Joe? I said, yes. I went down and knelt down with her, and I prayed and asked Jesus into my heart, and she had enough wisdom to say, Joe, you don't come from a Christian home, and I don't know how long you'll live here. Your mom and dad rent this house that you're in right now. Right now, would you tell Jesus if he'd keep you, you'd serve him the rest of your life? I said, uh-huh. 
So I told Jesus, I'd give him my life if he would just keep me. Six months later, we moved out into that other neighborhood where I told you, meaner than the junkyard dog. And I forgot everything that had happened in that church, never even remembered it. But then when I accepted Christ at the age of 15, within just a couple of years, I was off to Bible college. And while I was working my third year in Bible college in a restaurant, I was a cook in a restaurant, saved me from my first wife, uh, treated me like a god for the first three months we were married, gave me three burnt offerings a day, and I had to teach her how to cook. But uh, I was cooking in that restaurant, and she, she said, uh, some fellow came back, and he said, hey, he's what happened to you when you were five years old? I said, what? He's what happened to you when you were five years old? I said, what do you mean? He said, something happened to you that changed the whole path of your life when you were five years of age. Beats me. He walked out. And I was cooking over that grill, and I said, what was that all about? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reminded me what happened back there. Well, this last year, I went, This last year I went back to my hometown and found that little old church down on the other side of the tracks. Another church was in it, so it wasn't open. I just walked up on the stoop and I stood there for about 45 minutes and said, Lord, remember me? Remember what I told you when I was here? I just want to reaffirm it, Lord. I'll serve you the rest of my life. And I had a praise time with the Lord. Time of blessing and encouragement. And I want to tell you something. He's never failed me. Never failed me. And I love him with all my heart. What I want to share with you, I would much rather talk about heaven and the blessings of God. You know, the blab it and grab it message, if that's what you want to call it. Or claim it and whatever. I forget what it is. Anyway, that would be a lot more interesting. A lot more people get excited. But God has called most pastors to comfort the afflicted, and evidently He's called me to afflict the comfortable. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm afflicting those who think they're okay right where they are because they don't understand the principles of God's Word. And uh, I'm not asking you to believe what I say. Please don't believe what I say. In fact, my members will remember, the people that were in my church will remember, I used to tell them, don't ever tell somebody my pastor says. Who could care less about what your pastor says. If you're going to tell somebody something, you tell them the Word of God says. They can argue about what I say any day of the week, but they can't argue with what the Word of God says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. God doesn't speak an unnecessary or uncertain word. When He says it, you can mark it down. You don't even say, God said it and I believe it, and that settles it. You say, God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. All I'm asking you to do is be like the Bereans. I'm going to give you information today that some of you may have never heard, especially tomorrow I will be. But I want you to go back to your homes and read your Bible and see if what I'm saying is true. Now, what I'm going to give you is just a light skimming of my book, Till Death Do Us Part, back there. We've got teaching tapes back there. By the way, people say, why do you, why do you have so many teaching tapes on so many subjects? Because many people, when they get the conviction that marriage is for life, they're getting, receiving what we call the left foot of fellowship in their churches. They're being kicked out of their churches and told to get out and don't come back. We believe you can get divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried. In fact, we have a singles group, which is a settling pond 
for all the people that are hurting and they go down there and rub each other's hands and scratch each other's ears and end up in bed with one another. One church in Orlando here, the pastor married one woman out of the singles group to six different men. And these people are being kicked out of their churches and I said, I've got teaching tapes here that are available to you. I'll feed you until you can find a church. And their people are getting fed all over the world. I'm getting orders now from all over the world, people asking for teaching tapes because they're being told to get out of the church. Well, you know something that I'm encouraged by? When the man who was blind from birth was thrown out of the church, that's when he found Jesus. And there are a lot of people today who are going to have to get out of the churches as, and I'm not against churches. I was a pastor too long. But if they will not have you, then you have to go out and realize that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you and you alone, and you can be fruitful right where you are. Amen? You don't have to be a part of a denomination. I encourage you to fellowship with believers. I encourage you to seek a pastor. I sought a pastor here in the Orlando area. Most churches, I'm just as welcome as a ham sandwich in a Jewish synagogue around here. But I went to this one church one Sunday morning. As I stood at the door, the pastor was there, and he said, I know you. I said, do you want me to leave? He said, no. He said, I've read your book. I said, you're sure you don't want me to leave? He said, yes, sir. He said, I believe what you say is true. I've read your book, and I believe it. I said, brother, you're a rare bird. And I've been there ever since. And uh, we'll talk more about him and what God's doing in his life in the days ahead. So we're going to, I'm going to try to speak very quickly. I took, want to take a few minutes to introduce you to how God called me into this. And uh, like I said, there isn't anything that I won't tell you if God's Word says it. Now, do I have all the truth and all the light? No. There are some people that tell me I don't have very much light at all. And that what I'm saying is wrong and so on and so forth. But that really doesn't make a difference. What I say, it, I'm confirming it with the Word of God. And if it's confirmed by the Word of God, you can stand on it because it won't change. It won't move. You know, a lot of people are being persecuted today and told, oh, you're forsaking your church. I want to tell you something. No, the church is forsaking you. It is not what it was. I don't know of any of you that have been in a denomination very long, but if we're, you're really honest and go back 30, 40 years and come up to today, you'll tell me honestly, it's not what it was. I went back to the Bible college I attended where we had revivals to where more people in my year I graduated, more people went to the mission field in ministry than ever in the history of the school. I went back for a chapel and sat in the chapel and I said to the guy next to me, if I had listened to this kind of music on my radio when I was in college, I would have been thrown out. It's moving. It's changing. The church is changing. But that doesn't mean we have to change. God is not coming for an denomination. God is coming for a people, a called-out people, those committed to His Word. Now, when I'm preaching, you can either say amen or oh me, but one or the other doesn't make any difference. It's truth. God is looking for men. He knocks at the heart's door of men, and He wants them to be committed to His ministry. Thank God for Brother Swindoll was saying when they got in South America, denominational doors went out the window. Uh, we're, we're believers, we're brothers in Christ, we're trying to be biblical in our position. Oh, that God would do that in this nation. But you see, when we get a denomination, we can build up walls and say, us four, no more, you know, and me and thee, and sometimes I'm not too sure of thee. And that, that kind of ingrown kind of stuff is not of God. God wants us to be able to, if you've repented of your sins and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been born of the Spirit of God, and you have the Spirit of Christ living in you. Now, whether you wear a long dress, a short dress, a black suit, a gray suit, or white, it doesn't make any difference. 
Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Now, if you have convictions that God wants you to do a certain thing, do it. But realize that is not a point of fellowship. A point of fellowship is have you been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've heard the story that up in heaven that there was a man being given a tour by Peter.